Welcome to Zichu Daf Simanim Rabbi Ram Golder, and today Masechus Baba Kama Daf Kuf Dalad. The ninth parak of Gozal Eitzim. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara brings the following discussion: Shaliach Shasol Be'Edim, concerning a Shaliach which the creditor appointed with Edim to collect his debt. Rav Chista says Havi Shaliach, he is a legal Shaliach, and the debtor is absolved of his debt after giving him the money, even if it never reaches his creditor. Rabbi says he's not a legal shalich since the creditor never instructed the debtor to give him the money. Rabbi Chizda challenged from our mission, which taught that a gazan who swore falsely cannot give payment to the victim's shalich. Now, he must have been appointed with Adim, otherwise we could not refer to him as his shalich, yet the gazan cannot give him payment. Rabbi Chizda answers, Bosheru The mission is dealing with the victim's employee or companion, who usually acts as his shalich, not a shalich appointed with Adim to collect the debt. Riyochan Rabbalaz ruled like Reb Chisan offered another explanation. But Mamsilo Shaliach, the mission is where the victim merely made a Shaliach available to the Gazan without appointing him, and told the Shaliach, I have money with pony which he's not sending. Offer him to bring it to me, for perhaps he's not found anyone with whom to send it. Point number two, Rav Yehuda quoted Shmuel, Ein A shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner shaliach. Even if Edim are signed on the symbol as authentic because this symbol does not prove he was appointed as shaliach to retrieve it. Riochan said that if Edim are signed on it, he is established as a shaliach and one may send the money with him. The Gemara asks how a depositor can retrieve his deposit through a shaliach, according to Shmuel, and answers with a story. Rabbi once sent Rav Safar to collect his debt, and Rav said he would give it to him if he had a receipt from Rabbi Abba stating he's Kabalti. I have received payment through Rav Safar's collection. Later, Rav said he would not even pay based on this receipt, since Rabbi Abba, an elderly man, may die before the payment, voiding the shlichus, since his assets belong to his heirs. Instead, Rav told him to acquire the money Agav Ara, alongside land, meaning the automatic transfer of movable items alongside a transaction of property. Rav Safra could then collect the debt as an owner. And pointing with you, the mission taught that if the Gazan repaid the stolen principal, but not the additional fifth, he does not need to bring it to the victim. The Gemara infers that it is still owed. We see that the additional fifth payment is a monetary obligation to the victim, and not just for atonement, and if the Gazan would die, his heirs would still owe it. A second proof is brought from the mission which taught that if the Gazan falsely swears to deny owing the Chomish itself, he must pay an additional fifth of the Chomish he denied. This proves the denial is a monetary one. Abraisa also explicitly teaches that his heirs must pay the Chomish. Now this is contradicted by Abraisa which states that a son does not pay a Chomish for his father's robbery, although he pays the principal. Rav Nachman answered, as the Gemara later explains, that the case is where the Goslin did not confess and never became liable for a Chomish. His son must pay the principal because he himself confessed. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara brings the following discussion. Shalich she'asol be'edim, concerning a shaliach, which the creditor appointed with edim to collect his debt. Rav Chista says, Havi shaliach, he's a legal shaliach, and the debtor is absolved of his debt after giving him the money, even if it never reaches his creditor. Rabbi says he's not a legal shalich, since the creditor never instructed the debtor to give him the money. Rav Chista challenged from our mission, which taught that a gazan who swore falsely cannot give payment to the victim's shaliach. Now, he must have been appointed with Edim, otherwise we could not refer to him as his shaliach, yet the gazan cannot give him payment. Rav Chista answers, Bosheru The mission is dealing with the victim's employee or companion, who usually acts as his shaliach, not a shaliach appointed with Edim to collect the debt. Riyochan Rabbalaz ruled like Rav Chisan offered another explanation. But Mamsilo Shaliach, the mission is where the victim merely made a Shaliach available to the Gazan without appointing him, and told the Shaliach, I have money with pony which he's not sending. Offer him to bring it to me, for perhaps he's not found anyone with whom to send it. 
Point number two, Rav Yehuda quoted Shmuel, Ein m'shalkim malz b'diyakani. A shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner shaliyach. A few edim chasum even if edim are signed on the symbol as authentic because this symbol does not prove he was appointed as shaliyach to retrieve it. Riochan said that if edim are signed on it, he is established as a shaliyach and one may send the money with him. The Gemara asks how a depositor can retrieve his deposit through a shaliyach, according to Shmuel, and answers with a story. Rabbi once sent Rav Safar to collect his debt, and Rav said he would give it to him if he had a receipt from Rabbi Abba stating he's Kabalti. I have received payment through Rav Safar's collection. Later, Rav said he would not even pay based on this receipt, since Rabbi Abba, an elderly man, may die before the payment, voiding the shlichus, since his assets belong to his heirs. Instead, Rav told him to acquire the money Agav Ara, alongside land, meaning the automatic transfer of movable items alongside a transaction of property. Rav Safra could then collect the debt as an owner. And pointing with you, the mission taught that if the Gazan repaid the stolen principal, but not the additional fifth, he does not need to bring it to the victim. The Gemara infers that it is still owed. We see that the additional fifth payment is a monetary obligation to the victim, and not just for atonement, and if the Gazan would die, his heirs would still owe it. A second proof is brought from the mission which taught that if the Gazan falsely swears to deny owing the Chomish itself, he must pay an additional fifth of the Chomish he denied. This proves the denial is a monetary one. Abraisa also explicitly teaches that his heirs must pay the Chomish. Now this is contradicted by Abraisa which states that a son does not pay a Chomish for his father's robbery, although he pays the principal. Rav Nachman answered, as the Gemara later explains, that the case is where the Goslin did not confess and never became liable for a Chomish. His son must pay the principal because he himself confessed. All right, so now we get our Simon Daf Kufdalad, and our standard Simon is a code. A code. So here goes. The code breaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliach, who was A.W.I.N., appointed with A.D.I.M., but that a Shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner Shaliach, was overjoyed when he figured out the code Chomish equals Mamun means that if a Gazan died after only paying the victim the principal, his heirs must pay the Chomish. Once again, it's motion. The code breaker code. That must be more enough. Kufdalad. The codebreaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliach, who was A.W.I.N., appointed with A.D.I.M., which reminds us the more discusses a Shaliach, which the creditor appointed with A.D.I.M. to collect his debt. Rav Chisda says, Havi Shaliach, he's a legal Shaliach, and the debtor is absolved of his debt after giving him the money, even if it never reaches his creditor. Rav says he's not a legal Shaliach, since the creditor never instructed the debtor to give him the money. So the codebreaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliach, who was A.W.I.N., appointed with A.D.I.M., but that a Shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner Shaliach, which reminds us, Rav Yudah quoted Shmuel, Ein a shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner of Shaliach. Even if Adim are signed on the symbol as authentic because this symbol does not prove he was appointed a Shaliach to retrieve it. Yochanan said that if Adim are signed on it, he is established as a Shaliach and one may send the money with him. So the codebreaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliach, who was A.W.I.N., appointed with Adim, but that a Shomer should not send money back for the deposit with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner Shaliach, was overjoyed when he figured out the code Chomish equals Mamun means that if a Gazlan died after only paying the victim, the principal is heirs must pay the Chomish, which reminds us, the Mishnah taught that if a Gazan repaid the stolen principal, but not the additional fifth, he does not need to bring it to the victim. The Gemara infers that it is still owed. 
We see that the additional fifth payment is a monetary obligation to the victim, and not just for atonement, and if the gazan would die, his heirs would still owe it. So once again, the codebreaker who successfully deciphered that a debtor should pay his debt to the creditor Shaliyah, who was A.W.I.N., appointed with aiding, but that a shomer should not send money back for the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner Shaliyah, was overjoyed when he figured out the code Chomish equals Mamun means that if the Gazan died after only paying the victim the principal, his heirs must pay the Chomish. All right, so now it's time for Four Blabach Hazara. Daf Kuf. So the similar Daf Kuf is a Kof, a monkey. So here goes. The circus monkey, monkey, that must be in Daf Kuf, Kof. The circus monkey standing under Alifnima sure is a din sign, giving a female monkey bananas for wrongly evaluating the validity of her coin, which reminds us the previous stuff relates an incident in which a woman showed a dinner to Rebichia, who told the coin was good and she accepted it based on his judgment. She returned the next day and said that she was told it was a bad coin and could not use it as currency. Rebichia told Rav to exchange it for her and to write into his ledger, Din Asik Bish, this is a bad occupation, meaning taking losses needlessly for advice he should not give. The Gemara wonders why Rabbi Chi was liable since he was a great enough expert to be exempt. And it answers, He went beyond the letter of the law in compensating her, for he was indeed exempt. So the circus monkey standing under a Lifnim sign, giving a female monkey bananas for wrongly evaluating the validity of her coin, saw another monkey wearing a Dingarmi cap swinging towards him, holding paper that said, You are chayav to pay, which reminds us, Reish Lakish showed the Adina to Rebbe Lazar, who told him it was a good coin. Reish Lakish told him he was relying on him and explained that if it were found to be bad, Belazar would be responsible to exchange it. This is because Reish Lakish rules a great mirror, doing Dina Dingarmi, who judges the law of Garmi obligating payment for certain cases of indirectly causing damage. So the circus monkey standing under a Lifnim Meshuras Adin sign, giving a female monkey bananas for wrongly evaluating the validity of her coin, saw another monkey wearing a Din Garmi cap swinging towards him, holding a paper that said, You are chayev to pay, and flying over a third monkey dying wool black that was meant to be dyed. Red, which reminds us that the next mission states that if one gave a dire wool to dye red for him, and he dyed it black, or the reverse, Rabbi Meir says, no samro, he pays him the wool's original value, because Rabbi Meir considers his deviation from his instructions as stealing the wool, so he acquires it with a shinui of coloring. Ryuta disagrees and says he pays either the dyer's expenses or the wool's improvement, whichever is less. Daf Kuf Alf, so the similar Daf Kuf Alf is a bird collar that goes ka ka. So here goes. The bird collar, bird collar, that must be more in Daf Kuf Alf, a bird collar who goes ka ka. The bird collar who blew his whistle as two birds held up his stolen sweater to see if the stolen die was still present in it, which reminds us. The more asked the question, Yesh Shevach Samanim Ahat Semer, is the improvement of dye on the wool considered something material or not? Rashi explains the question as if Chazusa Milsi, appearance, is a significant matter, making the die still considered present. Since stolen die must be returned, the case must be where one stole wool and die belonging to the same person, and he dyed the wool with it and then returned the dyed wool. If Yesh Shavach Samanim al Gavitzemer, the die is still considered present, he has returned everything he stole, but if not, he must pay for the stolen die. So the bird called Hubu's whistle as two birds held up his stolen sweater to see if the stolen dye was still present in it, had a jacket that had been dyed with the peels of orla fruit set afire because Chazusa Milsihi, which reminds us it was stated in the Mishnah Begashitz Voba Klipe Orla Yidalik, a garment which was dyed with the peels of orla fruit should be set afire. This proves Chazusa Milsi appearance is considered a significant matter and the oral is still considered present. So the bird called Hubu's whistle as two birds held up a stolen sweater to see if the stolen dye was still present in it, 
had a jacket that had been dyed with the peels of orla fruit set afire because chazusa milsehi, using wood which has no kedusha shviz since its benefit is after its consumption, which reminds us, the Gemara deals with the question if wood is subject to kedusha shviz and answers that the pasuk says la'achla to eat. Teaching, Kedusha Shviz applies to produce whose benefit and consumption coincide, like food. This excludes wood whose benefit, the baking, is after its consumption, meaning after the wood is reduced to coals. Daf Kuf Beis, the Simmer Daf Kuf Beis is a cave. So here goes. The man who lived in a cave, cave, that must be on Daf Kuf Beis. The man who lived in a cave, busy soaking flax in a pool of juice of Shemitah produce, picked specifically for that purpose, which reminds us, the Gemara brings the Malchok Sanaim of Shemitah produce, may be used for soaking flax or laundering if it was picked for that purpose. So the man who lived in a cave, busy soaking flax in a pool of juice of Shemitah produce, picked specifically for that purpose, who had been disappointed when the Shlich he sent to purchase wheat returned with barley, which reminds us, a Bryce teaches that if someone gave a Shlich money to buy wheat to sell at a higher price and split the profits, and instead the Shlich bought barley or the reverse, in Bechasu Bechasu Lo, if they depreciated, they depreciated for the Shlich, and if they appreciate it, they appreciate it for him, meaning the Shlich takes all losses and gains and repays the investor's capital. Another Bryce says they divide the profits, but the Shlich takes all losses. Rabbi Yochan explains that the first Price says Rabbi Meir, who taught on Daf Kuf on a base regarding dyeing wool, the wrong color, that one who deviates from instructions is deemed a gazlan. Therefore, this shliach acquires the produce with the stolen money. So the man who lived in a cave, busy soaking flax in a pool of juice of Shemitah produce, picked specifically for that purpose, who had been disappointed when the shliach he sent to purchase wheat returned with barley, was happy to learn that his other shliach carried out his shlichas as instructed and purchased wheat, as he was considered like the investor himself, which reminds us in the West. In Eretz Yisrael, they mocked Rabbi Yochanan's interpretation that the second price is also discussing a significant deviation from his instructions. According to Rabbi Yehuda, how does the investor acquire a share of the grain when the shulich disobeyed him, who informed the owner of the wheat that he should transfer wheat to the owner of the money instead of the shulich? Rav Shmuel Bar Sasrati challenges reasoning, arguing that even when a shulich purchases wheat as he was told, no one informed the seller to transfer wheat to the investor. Rav Yavo answered that when he purchased wheat as he was told, he performed a shlichus, and it's considered like the Baal Bais, the investor himself, so he may perform a transaction on the investor's behalf. Daf Kuf Kimmel, so the similar Daf Kuf Kimmel is Kugel, and we use Yerushalmi Kugel. So here goes. The land seller enjoying his Yerushalmi Kugel, Yerushalmi Kugel, that must be on Daf Kuf Kimmel. The land seller enjoying his Yerushalmi Kugel, while refusing to write a second star for the buyer who falsely claimed that he bought the field on the Reish Kulis's behalf, which reminds us, if a buyer declared untruthfully that he bought a field on the Reish Kulis's behalf to discourage potential protesters, we do not force the seller to sell it a second time, meaning he doesn't have to write him another document identifying him as a true owner. Although the buyer can argue that the seller understood that he only claimed to purchase for the Reish Galusa as a security measure and realized the buyer wanted a second star, the seller can respond that he thought the buyer arranged with the Reish Galusa to write a star for him. So the land seller enjoying his Yerushalmi Kugel while refusing to write a second star for the buyer who falsely claimed that he bought the field on the Reish Galusa's behalf packed up some Kugel for the Gazan on his way to Madai to bring payment to the victim after he had sworn falsely and only later confessed, which reminds us the next mission states, Hagozlos Chavero Shava Pruta, one who robs from his fellow the value of a Pruta, Vinishbolo, and then he swears falsely to him, denying the robbery, but later confesses and is hired to pay the principal and an additional fifth and bring a carbon Hashem, he must bring the payment after him even to Madai. He cannot give it to the victim's son nor to his own shaliach, but he may give it to the shaliach basin, which is a takana enacted to encourage his repentance. 
So the land seller enjoying his Yerushalmi Kugel while refusing to write a second star for the buyer who falsely claimed that he bought a field on the Reish Galusa's behalf, packed up some Kugel for the Gazlan on his way to Madai to bring payment to the victim after he had sworn falsely and only later confessed and served Kugel to the five people waiting to be paid by the thief who stole from one of them but did not remember who, which reminds us, it was taught in the Mishnah, Gazla Echad Mechamisha, one who robbed one of five people, but he doesn't know which one of them it was, and each of them claims it was he. Rabbi Tarfan says, He places the robbed item between them and removes himself. Rabbi Kiva says, This is not the derek to remove him from Avera. He has not fulfilled his obligation until he pays the robbed item's value to every one of them. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one. Which stuff in that homish is considered mamun that the additional fifth payment is a monetary obligation to the victim and if the gazlan dies, the heirs must pay it? That's on duff. Kuftaur. Good number two. Which stuff when the one who robs someone of something worth a shavapruta who swears and later confesses must return the item a madai? That's on duff. Kufkimel. Good number three. Which stuff when an expert shochet who improperly shechted, rendering the animal on the vela is chayv to pay the owner? That's on duff. Study test. Good number four. Which thing when a garment which was dyed with klipe orla should be set afire, proving chazusa milzahi, appearance is considered a significant matter? That's on Dov. Kufalov. Good number five. Which step through the case of one sending a shlich to buy wheat to sell and the shlich fulfills his shlichus as he acts on the investor's behalf? That's on Dov. Kufbeis. Good number six. Which stuff do we know whether a shaliach for a creditor that was appointed with Adim is considered a legal shaliach? That's on duff. Kufdal. Good number seven. Which stuff do we know what is done if a gazan robs someone from a group of five and he can't remember which one he robbed? That's on duff. Kufgimel. Good number eight. Which stuff do we know Shomer should not send money back to the depositor with someone who only has a symbol proving he's the owner shaliach? That's on duff. Kufdal. Good number nine. Which stuff did we learn? The Rebichia compensated a woman for wrongly evaluating her coin, even though he was an expert, because he went with Nimashur Zadin. That's on Duff. Kuf. Good. And number ten. Which stuff did the case of one who falsely claimed that he bought a field on the Reish Galus's behalf? And we have the question whether he can ask the seller to write a second star. That's on Duff. Kuf Gimel. Excellent. That was today's year. This is Rabbi Ramgold from Zikru. Wishing you a great day and great learning.